Welcome to Finding the Line. My name is Ben. And I'm Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Ben. How you going? I'm going good. Yourself? Oh, yeah. Going all right. Good. That's good. I'm glad. Good. Another, I'm glad. another week. Another week. Another podcast. That's it. Another set of questions. Indeed. For us to respond to, which is going to be good fun. Absolutely. And just, and just on the questions, please, please um, message us or post on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Hopefully I, I keep that up to date. Um, so please, please do post questions. We really want some audience interaction here. So. Yeah. And like anything, we've sort of been bugging people like, Send us a question, and their constant response is, what topic? And anything we could give you everything. topics, but we kind of want to know, like, anything, seriously. And it could be as random as, what's your favorite episode of Rick and Morty? Because we will talk on hours on that oh, one. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, we will. Uh, but, yeah, seriously, anything. Um, going to be really good fun. Not really much else to say at this point. No. So things, things, we're going to go straight to our Q&A section. Let's do straight to the Q&A section. This week's question comes from a fan named Lee, who asked us this one. Asked us what our thoughts on the death penalty was, and does it have a place in modern society? Boom! Yeah. That's a load <laughs> of... drop, walk away. You know, um, sometimes I like to answer in some sort of sophisticated tone, and like you're like, answer, what do they mean by this or that? But actually, I'm pretty much a straight-up no for that, and for, for this reason. There you go. Um... I'm big, firm believer in second chances. And second chances, people misunderstand that as boundaryless second chances. I don't mean that. There might be very valid reasons that someone might need to stay in a prison or an institution or some form of protection whereby they don't harm others. Mm. I can understand that and actually empathize with that. What I'm thinking of is where there is no boundaried room for somebody's reform in their life so i can go and go well why you know if you really want to keep someone in prison fine but have a restorative prison model and if you never really want to let them back in the community fine have a have a lifelong penalty but allow them to actually help the inner community i mean I'm reminded of the st- of the of the the Bali Nine executions, where you had the painter and you had the pastor, and they were adding so much value to that community through through therapeutic painting sessions and pastoral care. They literally killed a pastor and a, a painter, which were helping people. Mm. And I sit there and I go, these are people who, as far as we can see from the surface, were transformed people. Why not just you know, if you wanted a boundary protection and within their sovereign, Indonesian sovereignties and laws, fine, whatever. But come on, at least let them live because they're doing a, a good thing. So I'm actually for a more restorative model of a prison system that both honours the fact that, yes, things were done, however, also recognises the capacity for a person to to change and having boundary changes if, if, it, if it so needs to be like that. But within those boundaries, a room for transformation actually leaves space or someone to create a new life and actually therefore add benefit to society that's my that's my take i reckon if you're going to have a death penalty in society you should at least make it entertaining oh god here's me so, go. 
Clyde, okay. I mean, like, the Hunger Games is a really good system. Because <laughs> you get to keep your hands clean of all of the death. And you get to watch it on TV. And you get to, like, it, you, like and, and, and bad people go away. But they do it to themselves. And they put themselves there. I mean, the whole Hunger Games situation of... Of taking society... No, this is horrible. This is actually horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> I have no, I, I, honestly, I don't see... Uh, within my... Like, the way I believe people have value and the way that the world should ideally work, uh, I can't believe that anybody is too far gone that, it, that they can't be treated like a human. Yeah, agreed. Um, and you're right, because there are ca- cases where people are... You know, it could be a mental... Uh, physical issue or it could be a psychosis or it could be something like they could be in a place where they cannot enter society again Uh, but I I still feel that those are people that should be shown compassion and shown value and shown life absolutely uh, by the rest of us and for given every opportunity that we can for someone to reform and to grow um, restorative model each and every one of us would want the exact same thing. Exactly. Uh, we would hate to think that we stuffed up enough yeah. that that's it. Yeah. Because, I mean, killing someone just robs you of a lifetime of opportunities. Yeah. Which is sad. Like, yeah. and yeah. and kind of horrible in a lot of ways. And it's actually going to really tie into our episode that's coming up talking about hell. But oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we do that with, I think, you know, I, if we, we kind of integrate that into a lot of way we think anyway. That's where death penalty kind of makes sense. Like, you have to, if, you, if you're bad enough, then it should end for you, right? It, it, there's no coming back. Uh, but I don't think the point, I don't think that's the point. I think there always has to be a chance to come back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't think, honestly, no, for me, it's not even a modern society thing. I don't think death penalty has any place in any society. Yeah. Um, yeah, complete, completely agree. Can I just add, add to that? I'm sorry, unless you've got more to say. No, no, go. Um, you know, I yeah. let, let, let me take, a, take a, a bit of a twist to this as well. Like the whole notion, there are a lot of particular Christians out there and, and particular other religious groups and maybe even a small minority of non-religious groups who would identify with the pro-life movement. I'm not going to get to the whole ethics of the pro-life movement, but here's, yeah. the, here's the great irony that I want to touch on here. A lot of the people who are for, quote-unquote, pro-life, and that is, you know, they, they want uh, women to bring their babies to full term, okay? That's a whole other topic, but hear what I'm about to say with this. The irony is that a lot of those people who are very conservative often, you start to talk about the death penalty, and some of them, not all of them, a lot of them are for it. And I go, hang on, I thought you were pro-life. Yeah, not yeah. just, and, and this is where I, I take inspiration from the Christian activist Shane Claiborne, where he talks about an expansive pro-life ethic, because he's really big on, because he's from America, and there's a lot of execution in America, mm. and a lot of states still, and so he talks about a reformation in the sense of there needs to be reform in the prison process, and definitely the abolition of execution, because a genuine Christian pro-life ethic ethic to not even talk about the other topic because that's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. episode but the focus point i'm trying to make here and that he was making and i'm for is that a pro-life ethic it includes being anti-war it includes being anti-death penalty includes being anti-poverty anything that strips people of life yeah, literally like systemically that. individually holistically anything that that diminishes life um we should be against and anything that enhances life we should be for 
and why on earth we have the death penalty? It it it, it bewilders me. It honestly does. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's not even tribal. It's I don't know. It, it's just completely. It, it's it is a devaluing of life, and it is a it is a idea to play God in a certain sense yeah. that uh, yeah. we are, we have the right to say to someone else whether or not they should live or die. Yeah, based on their actions. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the pastoral empathy here is recognizing that certain people have been hurt you know from you know if if, if it was their child that was murdered they might have this cer- certain sense of wanting to see revenge but even there i go from a psychological point of view gosh, revenge just isn't helpful it just isn't not helpful. To, not not in an eye for an eye sort of sense no like, no exactly not an eye for an eye sense there is a better way forward there, there's there's better therapy there's better <laughs> there's, therapy there's help, more helpful yeah, therapy there is but like you know therapy. it also does raise yeah, the really where the question goes in a helpful life per life sort of sense and is is the prison systems and how they work. Mm. Um, and if you ever get a chance, ju- jump onto YouTube. There's a really interesting um, uh, Adam ruins everything. There's what's it called. Yeah, um, yeah, channel. yeah. Adam ruins everything, and he does one on the prison system, specifically in America, but how it's like it's an entirely privatized system. And so, like, because what the one argument you could possibly take for like the whole death penalty is overpopulation in prisons um, but again that's just a comment on the prison system yeah and not handling its inmates well enough yeah or exactly. a society at large producing uh people who aren't obeying the laws you know there's there's exactly. a whole raft of issues there yes. that lead to overpopulation in prisons yeah before you start killing people off as a solution exactly. to that so. yeah and that comes back down to the question what would happen if we address the underlying issues yeah. and this is where i think the question goes beyond mere just death penalty to the whole question of of prison reform that 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 and like i said before in the very beginning there there's a healthy sense of boundaries i'm not i'm you know this isn't either or this isn't like it doesn't have to be either full-blown retribution or well let's just let let's just if someone murders someone who cares like as oh, if no, it has to be no, those of course not. Yeah. It, there's it's having a restorative model but that just takes seriously the sense in which um we, we want something that actually ultimately benefits yeah. society but ha- yeah but how could you have a system that puts someone in prison for murder and then does the same thing exactly because the double standard is just horrible. double standard is huge eye yep. for an eye tooth for a tooth if we all live like that as, as Fiddle on the Roof says then we'll be in a blind people and toothless people and I think we'll end it with Fiddle on the Roof thank you very much all good good question <laughs> good night everyone That's what we're talking about in this episode. We're actually doing a two-parter episode. So this week, hell. Next week, heaven. Yes. So very simple format. Just want to get your perspective on, quote-unquote, hell. And then it will be asked in, like in the reverse. <laughs> so, hell. So you're very bad. Hell! Hell! <laughs> yeah, well, um, expand on that a little bit. Well, like last week we talked about, or last fortnight, I guess we talked about a good way of listening and talking to each other. And I guess we, we actually just want to model that yep. um, in these upcoming episodes, and then we'll get to rip each other to shreds on the Finding the Line episode. Uh, so we'll just take in turns. One of us, I'll go first, and I'll talk about my experience and where I've come to in that. And if Nathan has qualifying questions to understand where I come from, he can do that, and then we'll see if he can 
articulate my perspective back to me, um, Ooh, and then we'll do the yeah, same. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be the end of this episode. And then next oh, this week, is great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we have uh, talked about this. And then next week we'll do it on heaven, and then we'll take a break which means then everyone can throw in their own opinions um, and their own thoughts and stuff like that. And then uh, on our third episode, uh, we'll have a really big interactive discussion um, about how this all plays out and what we think and how we'll try and find a line that works for both of us and challenge each other a little bit. Sounds good. So, hell. So, hell. Go. I... Okay, I feel like I need to, like, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to deliver my final response and then I'm going to build up to it because um, it helps me to figure out where I'm going. Whatever helps. Whatever helps. <laughs> I feel like I'm in hell. Um, <laughs> so I came to a place actually a while ago now where I pretty quickly be- uh, just gave up on the idea of hell as a eternal torment, as a place where people go after they die sort of idea. Um, and I guess... Um, at the, I guess makes me an nihilist. I think so. Uh, I ran a forum at a church when I was pastoring, and we did a whole discussion on the four main views of hell. Um, and there are four main. There are four. There is actually more views than that um, of hell. And it'd be yeah, yeah. Encourage you to do a YouTube search and figure out what they are if you really really like. But I guess the big problem I always had with it. The original argument I had that sort of led me to disbelieve in the idea of hell is, as an evangelical, I believed that God was the source of all life. And on the sliding scale of things, at the time I believed heaven was the place where we had full connection with God, so thus we were most fully alive when completely in his presence. And so heaven, and our earth now is kind of like a weird, tainted, somewhat version of that where you know people some people like you know we're all alive because nothing was li- alive without god but you know perhaps varying in degrees of connection mm. with that i don't think this anymore but uh this was my process um and so for me to make sense of that like the sliding scale of that is well if hell is the complete removal of, from god then it can't exist like, if God is a source of a life, then how could something outside of God exist? That just sets up a whole set of quandaries and issues and stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, just okay. Start yeah. making up really random mythologies for, um, which people have done with the whole ideas of Satan as this character who resides in this pit and all this sort of random stuff and imagery that we have. Sure. Uh, so that was basically sort of my, my primary thing that led me to kind of go, you know what, I don't think when people die, people go to hell. Um, now we're going to talk about heaven next time because um, that obviously leaves the questions like well if people aren't going to go to hell then does that mean everybody goes to heaven and I'll respond to that one next week yeah okay <laughs> but so, uh, so, suffice to say my actual theology and stuff in the moment is I don't believe in an afterlife I, I believe this this is it in that, a sense. that's like, a very good qualifying point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, clarifying well, point, um, I say. and so that will develop more into the heaven side because actually because uh, uh, when I stopped believing in hell, I still believed in an after- afterlife. I just, but I didn't really re- resolve that in a lot of ways. I, I don't think I ever quite became. No, I never became universalist within my evangelical framework. I just became to the point that some people go to heaven and some people just stop. Oh, okay. Um, so that would have been my stance. Um, when I, I like believe- 
annihilationism. Not to it's get, annihilationism. Not, yeah, not yeah. to get too much isms straight away. Yeah, but isms. Yeah, yeah but sure. yeah. So the idea that you are annihilated upon your okay. death, yeah. unless you manage to have the magic exit card that would continue to give you life. Okay. Um, so that would have been the stance I had on it at the time. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That's my talking. <laughs> cool. Uh, qualifying question. So, I mean, you. So, so no afterlife at all, just as a paradigm that I can. Yeah, of, my current stance. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's so where your I stand. current yep. stance, no afterlife at yep. all. Cool. Uh, how how would you? Um, uh, what's? Uh, hmm, just trying to think. Actually, I'm trying to think if that's that's what I really need to ask because I mean I, that. I, I have a question for myself then. Okay. <laughs> I have yeah. a question that you should ask. The question you should ask is, what do I think hell is then? That's where I was going, but I wasn't sure if that's actually going to the other episode. I don't think it has to be, though. Cause no, I'm, no, no, that is a qualifier, because yeah, a good qualifier. that's not something I've yeah, explained. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, can I can put a bit more specific? Like, however you like. The, the Gospels, for for example, like when, when Jesus talks about hell, what do you think he's understanding? Uh, that's a pretty loaded question. Maybe just say what you think hell is and, and whether or not it touches yeah. on that or not. Um, I do want to qualify that. I'm not really good at just throwing biblical scriptures out in <laughs> response. Fine. If anyone wants to have a conversation with me about that stuff, I do really well in sitting down, bringing open a text or something like that and having a conversation totally, about totally. it. Totally. Uh, I just suck at it on the spot. I yep. don't have the memory no, for that sort of stuff. Neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to listen to this really cool podcast a long time ago and they had one guy who was just like, on it just yeah right everything and the other guy who was more on the theology side no yeah totally related to him yeah uh so what do i think hell is that's a really good yep. um sort of way to go yep. what do i think jesus was talking about? what do i think yeah the writers were talking about yeah um i really think a lot of the bible is really people responding to and trying to understand life in the way it is and a lot of the time they're explaining things as they are in the best way they can so when it talks about hell uh, kind of the idea that there is hell on earth and this is we create hell on earth uh, there are times when we are just I mean, we all know it we have crap days when we're just so caught up in a downward spiral of just self-destruction and you know we see it in people we see it in our societies all around us it's hard to not look around and kind of go you know hell exists but it's not somewhere else you know we've we create it or we choose to live in that ourselves yeah i, I get it um so i, I get where I, you're coming from i mean rob bell's quote on it which i really kind of love is uh what is it it's hell is being at the party and not being able to enjoy it yeah okay uh, i get sort of thing so that that quite well sums up what my perspective on hell is yep. um and what the authors are going on about yeah okay so um if if i were to I'm trying to think of any further questions. I mean, actually, uh, that, for, for me, I, I think I understand. Tell me if I'm correct in, in your understanding. Yeah. Um, I, I might do it in a different order than how you said it, just However FYI. You, yeah, yeah, so repeat it But just Pat, for, for me, just an overarching un- understanding, just as, a, as an easy baseline, in terms of afterlife, your current understanding is that you don't believe that there is an afterlife and that hell, Jesus' understanding of hell was more of... Um, the, the 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 opposite of that song where it talks about we'll make heaven a place on earth but that, that actually right now um, yeah that'll any, be relevant in next week's episode. yeah next week's episode <laughs> I might even quote that again but but it's about the experience of hell is an experience of, or an almost a, an an absence of uh, and and please hear this life to the fullest not in a Joel Austin way <laughs> life to the fullest but like no but yeah I guess like I, uh, being to, a human again with, with different meaning behind the words totally. I definitely agree with that God is the source of life with Christ is the source of life 
Um, and so when life is being destroyed or when life is not being given, then yeah, that's hell. Yeah, so the Holocaust is a hell on earth. Oh, hell yes. As per some, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> so, someone, someone's um, down in the, the absolute dumps. And I want to qualify that there's a place for grief and there's a place for pain and things like that. But, yeah, yeah. but and very all, all, that, all that aside, yeah. all those qualifiers aside, that nonetheless, that experience of just... Just of death, of, of shittiness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could be a hell for somebody in yes, particular. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so hell is an an experience of of that which lacks life, quote unquote. I'm using funny, yeah, funny ears. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I get what you mean. Like from from a very kind of this life, this point of view, anything that that isn't isn't isn't. Yeah, I think I get what you mean. Yeah. Uh, do you think I? Do you think that I think that I get what you mean? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's kind of hard because I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. You, you do uh, get it from, yeah, from yeah, my perspective. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, in the final line episode, I'll say where I agree because I think there's actually a lot of resonance with 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 the the here and the now aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, your 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 turn. My turn. Well, I'll, tell us about I'll open up. I'll open up backwards. All right, and I'll say that I do believe, <laughs> um, in an afterlife. In the sense of an emphasis, not in what we what happens to us as soon as we die, but rather what happens when Jesus is, Jesus returns, which I'm sure we'll launch into the heaven episode next week. Okay, because obviously we're already coming from different angles with our view of the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but but just to fully fully just put it out there, I I do believe in a a a, a literal return of Christ, and um, so that's the qualifier. And that being the big picture story, as far as I can tell from Scripture, is Jesus returning to make all things new, which I'll touch more on next week. And as such, there is, in that sense, an afterlife. What happens immediately after death, I'm rather agnostic about. Not agnostic about its existence, but more agnostic about what the experience will actually be like. Um, But in the big picture, or as my favorite scholar N.T. Wright says life after life after death <laughs> all right of resurrection life um yeah so that that's my emphasis on on the belief in the afterlife and i'll discuss yeah. the the aspect of hell eventually but i do have to kind of backtrack to yep, sure. to my understanding i very so can, I just, can i just qualify can i ask yeah the go, just go. Interrupt, sorry. so um, are you saying that any discussion of the afterlife is to do with like eschatological end times. For me, yeah. Yep, cool. No, yeah, just framing it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I do believe to to use that word eschatology. I do believe what we believe about the end has some. It. I oh, do, you're not talking yeah. about like left behind, like. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a great qualifier, and I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, but you're talking about n- not what happens, die. Blah, what's the next thing? It, but in the what's the next thing of all things? Yeah, yeah, cool. And I just take that as, as for, for me, my understanding of the scripture is just an emphasis on yeah. the resurrection of of humanity and the return of Jesus, as opposed to what happens immediately after death. Which there's maybe one or four verses on, as far as I could tell, you know. But I will say that for next week because I think that's I, I think it's more talked about in the affirmative on that that topic of heaven and hell. All right, but anyway, so hell. Um, very, very, very similar, except I do believe in an afterlife, but um, that hell is whatever we do that brings death either to ourselves or into the world. And so the Holocaust is a hell. The um, being, being in just the, 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 the 
deepest pit of life can be a hell to somebody. And I, my, my understanding is when Jesus spoke about hell, um, I'm very much informed by a particular theologian by the name of Brad Jersak, who okay. likes to do a lot of Bible theology intersection, like kind of historical intersection with, with the Bible. And he, he, he does a huge riff, okay? So he, he says, you know, with, with the Jewish people, yeah, she all was, you know, a place you go to when you die. It's just the pit. Yeah, it was a hole in the ground. Yeah. Okay. And even though there are some scholars who I would say make some compelling sense that there were some sense of, of continuous existence, that certainly wasn't the emphasis. And as mm. such, it's very hard to even talk about that. Yeah. All right. Um, in some ways, I'd like talk about heaven, but I won't. But I will just skirt and say there was an emerging Jewish hope, I believe, that if all wrongs are going to have to be dealt with, then surely there has to be a day where all wrongs are dealt with. Yeah. Uh, and that would, by extension, include people, everyone participating in that, both both in, the dead included, uh, whether in poor and rich. So fast forward to the Gospels, um, that word Gehenna, uh, my understanding of what Jesus was spoken, speaking about when he used that word, which is a common word for hell. You know, Gehenna was an actual place outside Jerusalem. That's it was right. the yes. local town garbage dump. Yep. And um, I would say that place became associated with um, there were two. There's two ways to look. There's there's some who say that one tradition is that they, it it did became associated with like a way of talking about the literal afterlife, what happens after you die. I think that's more to do with Greek mythology that inter, that that interfered with 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 Jewish thought than actual realities. Mm-hmm. I take what's called the quote unquote Jeremiah tradition, which is you see in the book of Jeremiah this valley being spoken about Gehenna, the Valley of Hinnom, which is another way of talking about. There's been a place where a lot of idolatry and animal, uh, so human sacrifice was done to the god of Molech and things like that. Yep. And so I, I think Jesus is going in that tradition where he says, hey, um, you're going to go to hell, i.e. when you live this particular way and think this is how you bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven through violence and things like that, you're actually bringing hell on earth. You're going to create an extension of your own garbage dump mm. and it's going to destroy, destroy you as a society. It's going to destroy you as a person. So in other words, when you live against the the grain of goodness, the grain of, of God's way of living, um, you're going to bring hell. Mm. Um, that would be, um, in the present sense, my understanding. Now, because I do believe that Jesus is going to return again, mm. um, yeah, this is why it's hard not to touch on him. I, I promise I won't go too too deep into it, but I will have to make some statements just to, to yeah, sure, go for it. say go it in the reverse. God is going to make all things well, I believe, in the end. Right. And I think part of that process will be, part of that making right process is God naming evil and shaming evil. Now, what that looks like on the individual level, I have a problem with the the classical view of this person is going there and that person is going there. Um I guess my, my view of the end, or the fancy word eschatology, has more to do more broadly with the picture of final judgment than a specific destination, per se. Yeah. I, I, I would say this. Um, if God is making a heaven on earth, and that's where history is all heading towards a Jesus-shaped and moulded heaven on earth, if someone wants to live against the grain of that reality, God will grant that space for that. I don't know what that looks like, you know, mm-hmm. in the end, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a video camera to say this is what it's <laughs> going to look like, but I believe God will grant that space. 
Now, I'm rather agnostic in terms of, you know, is that a permanent thing or is there a, a um, is there a purification towards it? I'm very open to those things. Mm-hmm. I would describe myself, I wouldn't say I'm a universalist, which is the belief that everyone comes into God's restored world, but neither am I somebody who, you know, you know, someone comes up in the conveying belt and God's just like, you know, in some sort of black and white sense, you know, you said the right prayer, ding, ding, ding. Oh, you didn't. Bam. Like, I, I think that's also an equally bad view. Right. Um, so for, for me, final judgment, and especially as it relates in, in the negative, is for me, first of all, it's restorative in the sense of God's going to make all things right. And the question is, are you going to be a person who lives... Who, who lives to where the where all history is heading, which is a world of neighbourly love as the default, a world where racism cannot be tolerated, you know, a world where yeah. where there is a certain default now way of living, Jesus, God being all in all. Are you going to be a person who bends the knee to being a person who's moulded and shaped in becoming the human being you're always created being in Jesus, or are you going to live against the grain of that? Now, that opens up whole other conversations, which we probably don't have time to go into. That has to do with, like, I mean, in some ways it's relevant, you know, quote-unquote who's in, quote-unquote who's out. My default response would be to say, whoever bends the knee to Jesus gets in, but I don't mean that within how some people mean that. I don't mean that in, like, you say the prayer and things like that, because this whole dives into a whole other conversation of what it even means to be a follower of Jesus. And mm. there's topics like inclusivism, which is a big word. I just encourage you to Google it because I don't think I have time to go into that. But the notion yeah. that maybe you don't have the kind of the explicit experience of Christ as we understand Christ in our explicit church context, but maybe, just maybe, there, there are ways in which the Holy Spirit moves in peoples that in the end... They will go, oh, that's who I was worshipping all along. I just didn't have the right name to it. And I th- I'm very open to the possibility that heaven isn't going to, well, the new heavens and new earth isn't going to be a small space, but it's actually going to be of a lot of people. Mm. And I, 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 this is how I put it. I, you know how some people talk about certain theological topics? And I'll break these words down. All right. Some people say, I'm an exclusivist, which means through Jesus, explicit, say the prayer, you're in. You know, if you don't say that, to hell with you for all eternity. All right, eternal conscious torment, right? And then some people say, I'm an inclusivist, which is, you know, yes, it's through Jesus, but, um, you know, they're, 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 Jesus is the way, but within that spectrum of the single way, there are many ways in which the Holy Spirit can work in people and draw people in. And then the universalist, which says everyone everyone's in, perhaps whether, few, whether through a purification or whether it's just, uh, just going to be okay regardless. Mm. Um, I play on that. I spin that a bit, and I say... In the here and in the now, I'm an exclusivist in the sense of I believe Jesus is what brings ultimately brings life. I'm an inclusivist. I'm a, sorry. I'm a quote unquote dogmatic ex- inclusivist. Uh, exclusivist in the here and the now. Right, this is a play on words. All right. Hey. I'm a, conf- a very confident inclusivist at final judgment when Jesus returns. I think we'll be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, those who we thought were out were probably in and perhaps even some we thought were in were probably out and beyond the impasse I am a hopeful universalist I ultimately hope for and I think it's actually and keyword hopeful I don't want people to call me because you know I'm, I'm a church pastor I have to be mindful of this but I don't <laughs> want people to call me a, a heretic within that paradigm you know, yeah, I, I'm sure. a hopeful universalist I ultimately hope and I think it's, it's right to hope that mm. in the end all shall be well not only societally but uh, individually as well i ultimately don't know 
um, in terms of how it's all going to look in the end. But for me, it comes down to a few fundamentals. God is love, okay? So whatever it's all going to look like, and it will, it will be in, in conjunction with that. Uh, I do believe, I radically believe in free will. Now, I know that's a whole other topic and in terms of like influences in society, but I do think there's a capacity for choice. And for me, I go, it actually comes down to how people want to respond. And um, what's, what's the other thing? But I'm ultimately hopeful as well. Um, yeah. The, I, I struggle with, with either end of the extremes. I, I think yeah, N.T. Wright talks about what he calls the, the double dogmatism. That either you know who's in and out, but also that it's just everyone's in. And I go, I think there's a problem with both extremes. I actually think we just have to to leave judgment up to God, and to and we'll talk about heaven next week next week in terms of in terms of that. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's probably a good way to end because I think a lot of this is just going to start to yeah, yeah, dovetail sure. into okay. heaven. So cool. all right, so my clarifying question then is all right. So I'm going to try and repeat stuff back. Yeah. So. The world continues on, and at some point, Jesus returns, um, and then there's the, like, I guess, the judgment sort of time, and at that point, uh, everything will be re- the the goal of this process is everything to be renewed into a state of uh, life and perfection and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, that's my um, view. For you, the people who have lived in a Christ-like way. Um, and your hopeful inclusiveness, the understanding that that might be beyond um, any one definition of what that is. Sure. Um, will. So, are you like, is, is there like a resurrection? So, all of the people will suddenly just return um, into the space? Yes, I do believe okay, that. Okay, cool. Yep. And so, and the people who didn't quite move in that time or didn't bring life to the world uh, are they brought up at this point or are they what's what's going on for them now? yeah uh i don't know i mean obviously i don't know i don't know but but my belief but yeah so what's your is, what's your conclusive thought like, uh i'm still working that one out but i actually think yeah everyone will be raised again yeah so yeah. the ones that don't quite make <laughs> i'm trying to not ask questions that are like expressing like a critique yeah but, yeah um for those who don't live in a life-giving sort of way sure what's what's the direction for them then i don't know and a deliberate i don't know um (laughs) no my 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 eschatology is more broad than individual it's going jesus's model of reality is going to be default are you going to be a person who lives with the grain or against the grain how god deals with that I think if someone resolutely doesn't want to bend the knee to living a a life that's centered around neighborly love and and service to others, um, out of their choice, not in some sort of, well, it's your choice and that's it. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean it like that, but more like if they genuinely want to live against the grain of that, um, I think personally believe there's there there may be i mean i'm very light on language deliberately uh 
because for me it's more broad it's more god's gonna make it all well i don't know how it's gonna look but i just i just trust yeah. him but okay. but in theory maybe i think god's gonna allow space for people who generally want to live against that grain but then i'm all i also resonate with the greek orthodox church which says actually the heaven and hell is expressed in is, is about how you experience that the, lo- the love of god whether you see it as a good thing or a bad thing um that that's a whole other thing yeah, right okay. there but um yeah yeah oh. i'm i'm for me, I stick with the broad principle because um, I think, it, to be honest, I think it's 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 safe within my view of eschatology <laughs> um, because it, it 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 allows me to go. I don't know. I do take human choices very seriously. I do think there are wrong ways to live, and I actually do think there are consequences. I, I don't think that Hitler killed six million Jews and he dies and wakes up in the arms of baby Jesus. You know, I may, I like what one 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 podcast I listened to said about this topic. Brad Jersak he says, "What if, what if his judgment is that he has to face every single person he killed?" Right. Okay. Yeah. What yeah, yeah. What if What if that's his 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 judgment? What? Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. So. Judgment happens. People who are are in the uh, positive life giving grain, open to what that might interpret interpretation might be, sure. um, uh, experience new life, sure. um, and those who weren't or are not willing to bend that knee in a sense, you, you don't know. Um, and well, I, in theory, I think I think, and, and for me, it has less to do with God and more to do with 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 them it's like if they don't want to bend the knee how would you, why would you want to live on a, in a world that that that's what it's all about i i mean in practice like oh, yeah, no. like, i understand your reasonings default. and stuff yeah but yeah I, i'm doing my very best not to because we're gonna have fun in two episodes okay all right <laughs> um but your ultimate like i guess i'm trying to repeat back like totally because i'm not getting anything from you as far as what that is yeah um, yeah so my conclusion from what i'm hearing from you is you don't know or you don't want to conclude it but again, that's a critique, so I don't want to go there. Um, but for me, I just work with a different paradigm. I work big picture. I go, this is going to be the default mode of yep. of, cool. of of living on on a Jesus shaped, molded heaven on earth reality. Yep. Um, if you want to live against the grain of that, I think there's space for you to do that. But I think in in doing so, you're, you're not benefiting yourself. Right. Um, so I, I guess maybe a self inflicted quote unquote torture i mean i shouldn't use the word torture it's a bit too strong of a word but there's this self-inflicted dehumanizing of you want to live against the grain of yeah. what's actually best for you yeah and um but there's a very there's a hopeful possibility that maybe you'll change your mind uh i don't like so the like term a, so it's like a sense of reform opportunity yeah possibly in there as well, possibly but, yeah. um i'm very light on language because i wouldn't even use the language of purgatory and i don't even like the language of post-mortem repentance because that implies about immediate yeah. afterlife things yeah. I'm, I'm just more God's gonna make all things good, okay. and um, you're either gonna be a person who who ultimately wants to live with the grain of that or against the grain. Yeah. An analogy I like to use is if a foreign country invaded Australia and it became the default, are you going to bend bend? Are you gonna now live with with the grain of that new culture, or are you gonna choose to resist against it and and just bring just horrible things upon yourself? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I just oh, I'm just biting my tongue so much right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's so many responses. Uh, okay. Well, I feel like <laughs> we have done both sides yeah. of our representation of this topic. Yep. Um, there, there is so much more to say, but we'll go with that for now. And yep. tune in next week for our positions on the other side of this, which is the heaven topic. Yeah. 
Um, and then you get to jump in and <laughs> I get to not bite my tongue anymore after yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and, cool. and, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so we'll look forward to seeing you all well, next fortnight. We keep saying next week, but it's next fortnight. Yeah. Um, make sure you send us your questions. Uh, just get involved, sharing the uh, page notes and stuff. You guys are amazing. Thanks for listening in. All right. Ciao. Bye.